Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today is our listener response show for the May questions of the week. We're going to read through some of your responses and let you know what we think. Yep. First up is a question from Amadeus. It is, what is your favorite music biopics? Or what are your favorite music biopics? Uh, Davey said on Instagram, Backbeat was brilliant. I still listen to the soundtrack. Backbeat. That movie rules. Yeah, I've what a great movie. Backbeat. Oh, dude, it's so cool. Um, the, the guy who plays John Lennon, he's played him in two two different movies. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, and there was that one and, um, oh, geez, well, I can't remember the name of the other one. It was The the Living End, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, it, cool. Well, cool stuff. If it's John Lennon, it's got to be awesome, yes. right? So then One Life on Instagram said Backbeat and Walk the Line. I'm sorry. I, the Hours and Times was the other. Okay. Yeah, my bad. Right. Yeah. That's fine. But, uh, yeah, Walk the Line. Popping up on here quite a few times, I think. Walk the Line is, I, I have, I I wore out that soundtrack, man. It, yeah. It, 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 Joaquin Phoenix and Reese Witherspoon, really amazing performances. Yeah, I, I've only seen that one time, mm. and it was phenomenal. It's it's a favorite in my family. We, yeah. we, they, they watched it quite a I bit. I can see it being like a Thanksgiving movie or yeah. a Christmas movie. Like, you throw that on at the family get-together, and it's it, yeah. just in the background. Yeah. It, it, it really doesn't have a lot of music biopic tropes in it, which, which I, that's something I like about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, then Tom on Instagram says, walk the line has to be the winner for me, but I do have a lot of love for Ray too. Oh yeah. Elvis knocked my socks off. Okay. He also says honorable mention to walk hard, the Dewey Cox story, (laughs) which is better than either of them, but isn't strictly a biopic. So I, about walk hard. Yeah. Um, (laughs) <laughs> Unfortunately, Walk Hard almost ruined the genre for like everything that came after. Yeah, it, it did because it really took to task everybody who's ever made a movie about a rock star. Uh-huh. And it's so funny and <laughs> and, and and so mean. John C. Riley is brilliant. I I mean, geez, it, it, it I was really like it, I felt I felt implicated by it. You know, <laughs> in many ways. It really shines a light on that shit. Exactly. It, it yes. <laughs> um, and then Greek Sauce on Instagram says, Amadeus is my all-time favorite movie ever. That, you know what? That is a really respectable choice for all-time favorite movie because, like, they don't get much better than that. Yeah. I hope he liked our episode. He yes. Or she, Greek Sauce. I like the name. Yeah, that's a cool name. Yeah. On Facebook, Trevor came in. He wrote a whole paragraph here. So, nice. buckle up. He said... There's a few good British mu- music movies. Quite enjoyed 24-Hour Party People, a humorous and upbeat pick about Factory Records and the Hacienda Club, and bands like Joy Division and Happy Mondays and Anton Corbin's Control was a grittier, more personal look at the short, tragic life of Joy Division's Ian Curtis. 2012's Good Vibrations was a decent biography about Belfast's punk scene during the Troubles. That sounds awesome. That's awesome, yeah. Uh, was bitterly disappointed with Bohemian Rhapsody and haven't even looked at Rocket Man yet. Seems like it's just preening Elton John's ego to me. And rewatched The Doors recently. Damn, that was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> with Val Kilmer? Yeah, right? I haven't seen The Doors in quite some time, but like I remember, yeah, I, I think Trevor's right about it being a mess because like one thing I remember about it was the there there was a moment where like uh, Meg Ryan walks in at like like Val Kilmer as Jim Morrison uh-huh. getting blown and yeah. he just like gives her this look like, <laughs> and I was like, what is this crap? And then like Crispin, the, the best part of it is actually is Crispin Glover plays Andy Warhol. Oh my God. Yes. And he's, and he's perfect in the one scene he's, he's in. He's perfect for Warhol. Exactly. Or, yes. Yeah, dude, man, that's awesome. Great choice. Uh, <laughs> um, I want to check out that one. Good vibrations. About yes. The, the, 
punk scene during the Troubles. Oh, that yeah. Sounds that, awesome. that sounds badass. And 24-Hour Party People, awesome movie. Yeah. Thanks, Trevor. That, that's awesome. Um, and finally, Justin on Facebook said, Bound for Glory, Get On Up, and Listomania. Those are like really good deep cuts mm-hmm. too. And Listomania, man, that 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 is a really original film. So, uh, Dave, what what are your picks here? Okay, um, so when I was a kid, uh, I got into La Bamba, like oh, for yeah? some reason. Really? I, I it just I, I saw it at a friend's house in like the basement, and I just became obsessed with La Bamba for a long time. And like <laughs> we we would like my brother and sister and I would quote it to each other. Like not even just the the stuff about music, just yeah. like things about like that Bob say, like Esai Morales's character. Really? Yeah, we would just like say that art contest. I won it, you know. And, and well, yeah, and, yeah. and yeah, it just it just became part of our lives. And. uh <laughs> the, the the other ones I had were were Lords of Chaos, which came you know like a few years back. I need the, to check that out. Yeah, yeah. you it, were talking about that recently. It's definitely yeah. worth seeing. Um, I like Behind the Candelabra. Uh, yeah, I remember I commissioned a piece from you for that. That's true. On our old website. That's years right. Ago. I wrote. A, that's right. I wrote a, an article about Behind the Candelabra. Yeah. Jeez. Um, <laughs> And then uh, I think you and I disagreed on Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. Yeah, I, I didn't love it. Yeah, I remember you really had a big problems with it, like even being, you know, around <laughs> awards time. Um, I, I, I personally thought it was a, I, I, I thought that it, because I, w- I was ready to just chuck the whole genre myself. Yeah. But then when I saw Elvis, I was like, oh, God damn it. Now, now Baz Luhrmann <laughs> comes in and just like, you know, lays waste everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, but man. yeah, you disagreed. Um, I, I'm not there. And Velvet Goldmine uh, are both Todd Haynes films. Yeah, and you know I'm not there is awesome just because Kate Blanchett is Bob Dylan. Yeah, it just blows you away. Yeah. Um, but also Velvet Goldmine, it kind of is like a, a genre within a genre where it's like about a fake, you know, music right. biopic. It's like almost about like David Bowie. Yeah, almost about like Iggy Pop. Exactly. You know? We did yes. an episode on it. Everyone search for that. Yes, one. It's please check good, that out. Man. Yes. Um, the one that I wanted to make mention of though, is like recently I, I had a weird relationship with Motley Crue where I got into them in like 1997. Oh yeah. Um, and late. Yes. Well past the sell by date. And, and here I was like just discovering them somehow. I mean, I, I knew about them from the eighties and everything, but I just, I wasn't like big into them until right, like yeah. later. Yeah. And I watched their behind the music episode. Like, I don't know how many damn VH1 times. VH1 behind yes, the music? Yes. Yeah. See children, there used to be this, this, Holy this uh, show called behind the music on something called VH1 on basic cable. Like channel 38. <laughs> yes, shit like exactly. That. And they would just play <laughs> the exact same, like they, they'd make something and then they would just like repeat it ad nauseum uh-huh. and you'd watch it. You'd sit down to watch it however long. Um, but then like their, their, their autobiography came out about a few years later called the dirt. Uh-huh. And like all the stuff that you heard about all the stories they told in behind the music were in the dirt. Um, they just elaborated on them. Mm-hmm. And then like, like Nikki six and everybody, they kind of went on this interview circuit for a long time and they, and they were in other people's books and they told all those same stories again. And those stories and they, they, you just, you just consume them in different media for however long for, for decades until the dirt, the movie came out on Netflix yeah. a couple years ago. Yep. And man, so it's not like other music biopics, but it's, it's a not documentary, right? No, it's not. It's not. It's oh. a. It's it's a fictional. I mean, it, like I always thought it was a documentary. No, no. Okay. This is a. This is a. This is a biographical motion picture. Okay. And like all those stories we already were well aware of, it's just in this movie. There's nothing new. They, it's like an illustrated version of the stories <laughs> right, you were told. Yeah. <laughs> and 
I was even so like to where like at the end during the credits, when the credits are rolling, Uh they have home video of like Tommy Lee running almost nude through a, uh, like a, a hotel hallway uh-huh. and the guy machine gun Kelly as Tommy Lee running through the hall, running through the same hallway in the same, like, you know, nude cost. I mean, like even like motorcycle riding, just like, it's uh-huh. like they, they just literally, it's a coloring book. Awesome. I, you know, I, I wanted, I wanted more, but I'll say that. And also, uh, Motley Crue probably doesn't deserve to have a music biopic of their, of their music. I mean, I just got to admit that, but that's the end of my rant. I think that can qualify. They're, they're big enough. Oh, they are the big. Like, yeah. They, 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 they had such an impact on pop culture and everything. Like, they, they planted a foot and stayed yeah. a while. You're right. Um, it's just that like, I, I think that they believe that they are Led Zeppelin, you know? Well, and yes, I probably, yeah. and I, I, I disagree with them. Yeah. respectfully Nikki. yeah that's true <laughs> um wow man i'm i don't have a lot to say okay <laughs> <laughs> so i'm glad everyone else else carried this torch for me <laughs> um i mean i i like i don't love music biopics yeah i mean i'm you know me the music i like music I just don't like movies about music, I guess. I yeah, know. I know. What's yeah. wrong with me? A, a lot, dude, because a we, 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 we've had me. this, like, I mean, we're going to argue about this till we're old gray I men. Mean, a music biopic, I do enjoy that more than a musical. Yes, you, you know. Um, but, like, I, I really enjoyed Ray when that came out. Right. Walk the Line, of course. We've talked about that already. Um, Straight Out of Compton was really good. Yeah, you're when right. It came out a few years back. Yes. So way better than I expected it to be. Right. And um, I forget it what his name is, but Ice Cube's son, you know, he's in it. And he's O'Shea actually, Jackson Jr. Yeah, O'Shea Jackson Jr.'s in it. And man, he's, he was awesome. Yep. Everyone's awesome in that. Um, so those are my picks. Cool. Um, I had Velvet Goldmine written down too. Nice. I was like, we got to talk about Velvet Goldmine. So yes. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> All right. So the next one, this is not a fun one, Dave. It is what movies fill you with existential dread. All right. This is from our 2001, <laughs> a space odyssey episode, um, on Facebook. Yeah. Everybody get ready to, feel great that's right facebook tom said eraser head phase four and the care bears movie (laughs) he says phase four highly recommended 70s horror if you haven't seen it bloody terrifying film nice i've I've never heard of it yeah uh eraser head of course though i mean eraser head just like it it will i don't know what it kind of does something different to you every time you watch it yeah you know yeah it doesn't treat you well i'll I'll say that (laughs) Yeah, that little baby. Right. It's just the tip of the iceberg with this movie. I mean. And the lady in the air conditioner is like, oh my God. you know, I mean. And then when her head. Oh, my. I know. Jesus. Yeah. I don't even want to think about this. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. E- even like the apart from just the shocking imagery yeah. is like even just, you know. Just the like weirdness. Of J- Jack it. Nance just walking through that. that the city. Is I just, know. Oh, yeah. yeah it fills you it's with dread. De- it's oppressive. Right. Um, Chris on Facebook said, misery always fills me with dread and a sense of helplessness. <sighs> of course it does. Not man, yeah. Being I, stuck I, in that bed. I, I mean, mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that is, that is true torture. I remember I responded to Chris on Facebook. I said, I can't look, I can't think about this movie without my ankles hurting. That like, I oh. mean like that, that is like one of the most painful non-fatal injuries you yeah, can have. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, Jen said seven. <laughs> Also, Requiem for a Dream, <laughs> an honorable mention to a non-movie called SCP-1733, which is probably BS, but haunts me since I first heard of it a year or so ago. Freaky. Do you know what that is? Um, no, and I meant to look it up, I Jen. I looked it up. I, I'm sorry. It, it's like closed circuit 
video footage, oh. but it's like a weird, something's weird with it. Okay. Like I, I looked it up and honestly, I don't remember. It was weeks ago. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, like there's this whole world of these weird video, like closed circuit camera footages that show things that shouldn't be there and stuff. Like, oh. Like they're just strange. I'm a, I'm a total sucker for something, that stuff. So it's I'm gonna something like that. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit down for that. But yeah, the, the one called SCP one seven three three. Is there something about that? I guess. Right. I don't know. Well, and and Jen brought also brought up uh, Requiem. Oh. I mean, like that that that's one of those movies that I saw way more than I should have. You you've told you the know? story before. You were gonna meet your friend to go watch it, right? Yes. In the theater. Yes. And you couldn't wait, so you watched it on your own. Yes. And then you were forced to watch it again with your friend. <laughs> <laughs> to see Requiem for a Dream twice in 24 hours in a theater. Like, I, I still can't believe I went through that. And I still can't believe that, that I saw it again. Too. It wasn't like, no. hey, we're going to the midnight screening. Yeah. You know, yeah. And and I mean, when it came out on video, <laughs> I watched it then too. And like, it, it's, I haven't seen it probably in about 15 years, maybe, maybe more than that. But like, like that movie is yeah. um, depressive things that ever created really yeah you know and 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 it's an american movie everybody it's not like this is not <laughs> you know Aronofsky's 80s french right that. like yes he, he makes film that is like that i mean um, he, he yeah he really knows how to uh to to make you um like like see the world in in the most the, the, yeah. the most repulsive way like watch watch mother like <laughs> man we did an episode on mother yes oh we did gosh yes um yeah, good good picks, people. Yes. Um, Mark said, everything, everywhere, all at once. But after it goes nihilistic, hits you with the why live, it gives you a hug and puts googly eyes on stuff and says, well, while we are here, we might as well love a little and goof a bit. You know, um, I, I, I accept that. I mean, yeah. like, if something... If so- I agree. You know... I, lo- I, I don't feel that way with the movie, but right. I can see that aspect. But anything that makes you ponder existence in any way is going to make you feel like it's going to run the gamut of emotions. Yeah, and that movie, do- like, the the antagonist of it is kind of of that nihilistic view, like, what's the point of life? Yeah. Why are we even living? Yep. So, of course, yeah, you can definitely feel that in this movie. Totally. Um, Eric H. said, Schindler's List, the idea that people can and have do that to each other. Man, um, yeah, Schindler's List is about, uh, like, like it it came from a place of, like, the first time Steven Spielberg really made a a truly personal film, you know, and, like, it it should be in the curriculum for schools. I don't know why it isn't. You know, it should just be, like, required viewing for, like, 16-year-olds to teach them about the world, you know. I remember watching Saving Private Ryan uh, in high school, Mm -hmm. and... um, that was quite something. Yes. You know, to see that, the, the beach scene, like yeah. at the beginning, like, Absolutely. yeah, like, man, so this is what it was like. That's not cool. No, no, there's <laughs> yeah. not, there's nothing glorious. There's nothing glorious about it. Nope. Um, Trevor on Facebook said, don't know if it feels, fills me quite with dread, but Terrence Malick's tree of life was a complete existential mind fuck. Mm. The creation sequence in the middle was a feast for the eyes, which was incidentally also designed by Doug Trumbull, who I believe was responsible for the Stargate sequence in 2001. Holy crap. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's dude. a pull. Yeah. Jeez. Um, yeah. I, I need to rewatch that one. Right. It's been a while. Yeah, I know. Me too. I, I saw it when it came out. I haven't seen it. I haven't been back to it. Um, so uh, my answers for this, I had seven on here. I had Eraserhead on here, but also uh, Grave of the Fireflies is one. Oh, I mean, man. Animation from, you know, Studio Ghibli in the 80s about, you know, 
World War II, post-World War II. It's one of the saddest movies ever made. Is this how people have to live now? Like, that's how we treat people? Yeah. Like, the aftermath of this crap? And and speaking of aftermath, the day after, have you seen that? It's about a nuclear strike on America. I have seen that. I saw it live. It was a TV movie. Yeah, I, I saw it when it came out. Like it was, we watched Robards it as a family. Yeah, Jason yeah. Robards, Steve Gutenberg. Yeah, um, we watched it as a family. <laughs> oh, great! Yeah, great stuff. Uh, I think it takes place around Kansas City, Missouri. Yes, and uh, like that just gets freaking nuked, man. The one thing and, I oh, the, half image, of it is the the aftermath, and, the hospitals, the the looting. Yes, the not trusting people anymore. The post-apocalyptic no scene. Yeah. Post-apocalypse. Right. And, and you see like everyone, um, in the, in the post-apocalypse, everyone physically deteriorates. Yes. Uh, like the, the radiation is affecting everyone. Their hair is falling out and their skin is it becoming is, really, you know, it yeah. is a very disturbing depiction. And one thing that stuck with me, like being like six years old watching this, I, I was so scared, you know, from, cause it was, I'll be honest with you. I, I didn't see the movie like in full until I was an adult because yeah. when it, when, when the, the strike happens and like everyone turns into skeletons, yeah. like there's an effect oh that like, God, you know, yeah. my mom and dad made us go to bed. Um, cause like it, that, it was what just a great spot you know, to go to bed at. I know. I know. Everyone and, dies and turns <laughs> to skeletons. Good night kids. Well, they, they, they reached, they, they quickly got off the couch. My dad got off the couch and like turned off the movie when that happened. Cause we were all just like, like oh, boobs you know, up. yes, exactly. And and this was like the, like it looking back. I mean, yeah. Is your parents like, you know, kind of horning in on your movie watching experience, but like, this is a responsible parenting moment. It wasn't because there was tits. It's because people were dying. Yeah. They didn't want kids to see that. That was a nice thing. Mom and dad. That's a Way good go. move. Yeah, exactly. You don't need to be filled with existential dread at six years old, <laughs> even though the damage was done. <laughs> trust me. It's too late. Right. <laughs> I was going to, you know, like uh, I had to go to first grade the next day, you know, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I don't know, Dave, what do you have for this? <laughs> oh, let's see. Um, so, you know, the listeners obviously had a lot of great stuff in there. I, I have bad Lieutenant. Um, mm, I, I just, mm-hmm. you know, that movie, uh, man. Um, I have the house that Jack built too, which I saw a couple, you know, months ago. Yeah. You were talking about that. Um, and, uh, train spotting is up there. Um, yeah, that can qualify. And mainly, bit. you know, mainly because not just because of the drug addict stuff, but also because like being addicted, it's, it's also just that like, you know, I have office space on here too. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Yeah. Explain to me. So just like Renton or Peter, um, they, they're going to, they, they've like kind of, well, not Peter really exactly because he, he does the construction thing in the end, but that in a sense that like we all have made peace with ourselves that we're going to be drones for the rest of our lives, mm-hmm. you know, in some capacity, whether we're working construction or we're, we're, we're sitting behind a, a computer. Um, in, in some ways we have like decided that we're not going to bet on ourselves in okay. a certain way. Okay. Um, and that <laughs> kind of fills me with uh, a, a certain amount of, of, well, it, it makes me think I'm wasting my life. A little bit of dread. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if yeah. you're in the wrong kind of mood, you can watch Office Space <laughs> to sit down and laugh and instead come away with this. You know? Oh, man. I would hate to watch Office Space and then just be filled with dread. I know. It, it really does suck. Now, yeah. now the, the, the good thing is you can sit through the entire movie and laugh about it. It's only at the end when you finally, like, kind of ask yourself these questions and really start to, you know, like, it, it 
holds a mirror up to you. I think you have to really be trying to look for this dread in which, that movie. Which I've been known to do. Um, yeah, I, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's true, folks. Right. If you guys know Dave by now, I mean. <laughs> yes. I, I, yeah. Of course, office space fills him with <laughs> Mondays, right? Yeah. Uh, Got a case of the Mondays. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> We did Office Space, right? Yes, an we episode? did. We have an episode on Office Space. I fucking love that movie, dude. Yep. Um, all right, so let's move on to our final question. This is from our American Movie episode. It's, what documentaries can you rewatch endlessly? A lot more fun. Yes. So on Instagram, Davey said, Riding Giants. It's a great surfing documentary. Riding Giants, cool. I don't think I've seen that. Uh, yeah. I've seen a surfing doc, but I don't think it was that one. Um, and One Life says, The Civil War and Baseball by Ken Burns. Oh, man, sweet. And Let It Be by Michael Lindsay Hogue. Uh, the Ken Burns thing. Um, also, you put uh, the National Parks movie he made uh, a couple a few years yeah. back. Really, yeah, his, really good, his too. His films are amazing. Yes. They're very long. They, they are very Multiple long. Multiple parts. Um, yeah. And he pioneered a technique, which I, I didn't realize until like I saw... Uh, the, the baseball one for like the third time is the idea that like you can you can make a film in which you have talking head interviews interspersed with like stills from a book that you're just focusing in and out of mm-hmm. and talk over top of it. You don't even need moving images, really. You yeah. can just like make a movie with that's just like scenes from a book. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. He, he's a master filmmaker. Yes. Um, on Facebook, Justin said Ken Burns Civil War. Nice. Of course. Uh, Chris said free solo. Oof. Honestly, the fact that he's alive and survived the shooting of this doc blows my mind. My dad loves it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, it's a fantastic movie. Yeah. If you have, uh, like fear of heights, right? Like this movie is not for you, dude. I mean, and I, <laughs> I, I, I saw, actually I saw, I did see more than the trailer. I saw like quite a bit of the movie at one point, yeah. but like, I just, you know, I when I saw the trailer, I remember thinking, "There's no way I'm going to watch that movie." And then curiosity just kind of yeah, right. got me, and I was like, "Okay, I'll I'll check it out." Yeah. And I, man, it it really is upsetting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it, man, it is awesome. It's awesome. But yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it hard. Is it's hard to get through. Wracking experience. Right. Um, Trevor said, "Writing giants about the birth of big wave surfing also used to be a favorite of mine." Cool. Um. Then there's Heart of Darkness, a filmmaker's apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. He says it's the grueling behind-the-scenes doc about the making of Apocalypse Now. We all know that, and it's quite the film. You really um, get a sense of like just how nuts Francis Ford Coppola is. Yeah, you know, it's amazing. That right, filmmakers were allowed to do these things. <laughs> yes, then. I know. Um, and the fallout from all those films is basically why they can't do it anymore. I mean, Francis ruined yeah. it for everybody. Yeah, you know. Um, and then he also says. Where is it? But one of my all-time rewatchable faves is Miru, M-E-R-U. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you pronounce it. Sorry. It says it's about the attempts to climb the shark fin mountain Miru in the Himalayas, a mountain climbing film full of dread, tension, obsession, <laughs> thrilling photography, and yet gives you a real sense of where the passion for this sort of life, risking adventure, comes from. Okay. Wow. Nice. So I guess it's up there with Free Solo yeah. in some aspect. I've never seen it or heard of it. man. Trevor busting out some nice ones here. Right. Um, and then finally we have Maria, which we don't have enough time here to read her response because <laughs> she posted 29 films, 29 films, geez. And then another 33. 
<laughs> so we kind of picked out a few here, and um, right, so Dave, what are a couple standouts that you you've picked out? Well, I, I mentioned to uh, yeah, Maria, awesome list by the yeah. way. You know, just Maria's just great, incredible work. <laughs> That's um, awesome. Uh, the, the the times of Harvey Milk really stood out. Um, yeah. Obviously, that that is an important movie. That's another one that should be in the curriculum for school. Um, and then uh, Allen versus Pharaoh also uh, stood out too. Um, I saw that one recently. And look, uh-huh. you know, I got into Woody Allen films about you know twenty something years ago. I started just renting them, and yeah. I, and he became like just an <laughs> obsession for me. I, I loved Woody Allen's movies, and then like flash forward all these years later. Now during this time he was embroiled in the whole thing where he had married his, he uh-huh. married me his ex-wife, his ex companion, Mia Farrow's daughter, right? Uh, yep. Sun Yi. Um, I somehow disregarded that because it was the year 2000 and I wasn't as online as I am now. Yeah. Um, but, um, <laughs> now that we know these things and, other allegations have been made against Woody Allen and you yeah. cannot watch any of his movies anymore without thinking about what it's, a fucking scumbag this guy tough. is. Especially because it feels so close to what happened. It's like, like in most of his movies, you know, I mean, you and I have talked about husbands and wives before. Like yep. I've, I've told you like just my level of disgust with, with that movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, like he romances a 19 year old Juliet Lewis in this film it's it's just a, a universe where a bunch of disgusting old men are like somehow dating young girls and he plants a kiss on Juliette Lewis in this movie that it will just put you off your food in a massive way and like I, I, I and that's and that's just the he, he did it in 1979 also with Manhattan yeah. him and you know Muriel Hemingway I mean and and in that movie she is like she's supposed to be 17. And he's justifying it somehow. Come on, man. Come on, Woody. I mean, because he's God. such a technically gifted filmmaker and he's such a funny guy, like, like he, he's, he is a funny, he is a talent, Yeah. you know? So he got away with it for, for five decades before finally someone said, no, this guy's terrible. But at least finally now we're, we're getting somewhere with this shit. Exactly. It's, it's, it's out there. And look, if, if your phone rings and, um, and well, I just, if anybody tells you that the like you need to check out such and such Woody Allen film, chances are they haven't been reading the news. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. People still make films with him. I know. Honestly, I know. I mean, Harvey Weinstein. No one works with that guy anymore. I mean. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, you can't. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, Harvey's been. Yeah, luckily yeah. he's behind bars. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, and I'm and that's the thing too. Like the with, with Woody, I, I think that I don't know if there's a statute of limitations thing with with, with his crimes, but like, um, I, I'm. They're, that's probably the only thing keeping him out of prison if, if that's the case. Yeah. You know? and, and that's the unfortunate side of things with this. It's like, you've got to try to separate the artist from the art, you yeah. know? And sometimes it's really hard to do that. Yes, totally. Um, another documentary she mentioned was Paradise Lost. Ooh, oh, man. Yeah. yeah. But the what, West Memphis Three. Man, yes. Yeah, dude. The murders that happened there and all that stuff. And like, check out all three editions of the Paradise Lost yeah. series. Um, yeah. Joe Berlinger and, Ber- and Bruce Sinofsky. And then watch West of Memphis, which came out in 2012 after the guys were let out of prison. Yeah, finally. it's pretty insane. Yes. This stuff. Um, but, but everything she mentioned here, awesome stuff. Oh, um, yeah. Go go on uh, this one on Facebook. 
If you go to our page on Facebook, look for this post, and man, that list is there. Maria just gives everybody in... Maria did a public service by giving everybody (laughs) in the world a primer on watching documentary films. It's a a hell of a list. She said she could do it all day, every day. Right. And uh, she's trying to stop, but she can... (laughs) Well, it's trying to stop listing the movies on her Facebook page. She's <laughs> right. not trying to stop watching them. No. But it's very hard for her to stop giving us lists. So we really appreciate this. It's it's <laughs> it's yeoman work. It's awesome. Um I my, for me, like I haven't rewatched a million documentaries, but one of them I've watched a ton was Empire of Dreams. Mm. It's the Star Wars documentary nice. about how that got made and everything. It came out in two thousand four. I, I even used it. I wrote a paper in college called "What Is Star Wars," because we had to make <laughs> we had to do a, like a definition type thing, like "What is anger? What is this?" I was like, "What is Star Wars?" Cool, man. And then I, I cited this as a source. Like, I know like Walter Cronkite's in it, and he says that like it it's it ended the Vietnam War, you know, like, <laughs> because of the impact it had on the culture. Like, he said Star Wars ended Vietnam, yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, holy shit. <laughs> but uh, it's an awesome look at how Star Wars was created and uh-huh. the history of George Lucas and stuff. It is made like by Lucasfilm, I think. Okay. So it's kind of, you know, not showing all the bad stuff, Yeah, but uh, yeah. it's an awesome documentary. Okay. Yeah. Nice, man. Uh, let's see. Um, I had, uh, obviously crumb was my number one go-to yeah. for a long time. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I really like the celluloid closet too. Yeah. Um, which is made by the same filmmakers as the, uh, the times of Harvey milk. Um, and then, I also used to love a lot of like DVD extras and um, like behind the scenes stuff. And oh, I would yeah. like kind of rewatch those certain ones nonstop, you know? Yeah. Um, and then there was, there was one that I wanted to make mention of cause I, I don't think a lot of people are familiar with it, but there, it was a series that I wish had gone on, but it only had two editions and they're both on YouTube. Now you can watch them in full. It was called scream greats. Um, scream greats. Yes. Produced by Fangoria. Oh, okay. The first one is a uh, uh, a documentary all about Tom Savini, and you just can't go wrong. Talk about a scream great. Yes, man. dude, and and it is. I've watched it now four times. Like I saw it when I was a kid, um, because it was just like I happened to I happened to cross it uh, at uh, the movie the video store, mm-hmm. and um, I I sat there for. I don't know how long waiting for the next edition of scream greats to come out. And it never <laughs> did. And I didn't find out till adult years that, that like it stopped after two. Um, but like th- these are, it, they're both available on YouTube. Now the second one is about like, uh, um, satanic panic stuff. Yeah. And, um, yeah, awesome. which you just can't go wrong, you know? <laughs> um, and it's also got like real life people who, uh, are like practicing witches, you know, yeah. and like the real thing, the people who are just like peace loving candle burning, uh, excellent people uh-huh. um versus what what the the world actually yeah, thinks of that they right. are yeah cool cool stuff Dude. there's also some really great ones on like nightmare on elm street that yeah franchise and yeah friday the 13th there's some excellent horror documentaries out there uh there's like a three-part one i forget what it's called but it's about 80s horror movies mm. um i wish i hadn't i knew it I, sh- I just thought of it now and i can't remember the name but well there there was something actually that it, it wasn't the same one but like last year i think eli roth did his history of horror okay um which was like a 10-part series on um amc yeah right and uh it, they played it on shutter too and like everybody check this out if you can because like the stars come out for this thing. He had Kate Blanchett on there talking about the gift. Dude. He got Kate 
motherfucker. I mean, like, uh-huh. holy shit. I mean, like, it's like, I, I just kept saying, oh my God, he, he's going to, he's got Quentin Tarantino. He's got, you know, like, yeah. he actually got people to sit down for this stuff. I don't love Eli Roth, but man, if you want to talk about horror, he's the guy. And same with me. I don't like his films. I like him, the person. Yes. You know, right. It, it's weird. Yeah. All right. So everybody, dude. Thank you for the responses. Yes. This was awesome. Um I mean, we we really appreciate all all the all the love we've been getting with this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like everybody the 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 um all your answers that you give us, it gives us, you know, like uh like obviously um material to talk more about like you know when, when we have our format and we do one movie a week yeah. um we we kind of like th- this gives us an opportunity to talk of, at least briefly at least about some other stuff yeah. that, that that deserves to be Tons discussed of movies in one one episode yes we don't go as deep of course but uh right it's awesome to just throw something out and then you know riff on it for a second yes and if you if you guys ever want to like um talk give your takes about like kind of extended about the movies that you're talking about send us an email and give us all your thoughts you know and and we will we will digest it we will read it and and we want this to be a community exactly yeah what's the email address i guess the email address i that's an important aspect (laughs) you're right dudes on movies at gmail.com all right so let's wrap things up dave um thanks for all the responses it was a great time as always um so dave Tell, tell them where to find us. We, yes. We gave them the email. Where else can they find us? Uh, yes. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Look for Dudes on Movies. And our email address, again, is dudesonmovies at gmail.com. Yep. Pull a Maria and send us a thousand movies. And you got we'll it. let you know what we think. <laughs> <laughs> so until next month, when we respond to June's questions, I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>